How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Celtics podcast. I'm Jay King from MassLive.com. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Celtics 105-99 to loss to the Chicago Bulls. Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, and the Chicago Bulls. That sounds still sounds weird to say those three guys together. Later in the show, I, am, I talked to... A couple of guys from the Locked On Bulls podcast, Cody Westerland and Sean Hyken, about the game. So we get we get the Bulls perspective, we get my perspective. Before we get to that, I just wanted to discuss a couple of things that we didn't go over much in the podcast. One of those things is Isaiah Thomas's fourth quarter. Isaiah Thomas was unbelievable down the stretch. He scored ten points in like three minutes. I don't know the exact number on that. I, I should have checked. He got to the hoop. He hit a three. He hit a pull-up jumper. It was like all of a sudden Isaiah took over, brought the Celtics back from 10 points to two points down, and gave them a chance. He just missed his free throws, man. It's your damn free throws. and It's not going to be a problem a lot. Isaiah Thomas is a good free throw shooter, but he... I guarantee he wishes he could have those ones back and he could have knocked those down and given the Celtics a better chance to overcome their poor first half, to overcome their miserable rebounding. I don't think we talked enough in the podcast about the Celtics rebounding. It's It was so bad. They just got their asses handed to them. And from the start, they just they got pummeled, the Bulls, Rebounded three of their first six misses. As Jay Crowder said, the Celtics got punked. They were demolished on the glass. They were they were crushed by Robin Lopez, who had six offensive rebounds, which is twice as many as the entire Celtics roster. It was just just an ugly performance from the Celtics from a rebounding perspective. And the problem with that, besides they're now one and one instead of two and zero. Oh, is that that's an issue we could have foreseen. That is an issue we could envision repeating itself. It's an issue the Celtics have to get under control. Al Horford, this was his worst game, including preseason. I feel comfortable saying that. He had five assists, seven rebounds, 11 points. So it's not like he didn't do anything. In the third quarter, he made some beautiful plays, helped them helped them overcome a big deficit. He was he was very good for stretches of the game. I think foul trouble hurt him a lot. You you could see in the first half he got his picked up his third foul and he didn't even want to consider guarding Gibson on 
the next possession. Brad Stevens left him in for just a little while longer after that third foul, and Horford didn't. He just let Gibson go right by him to the hoop. And so Horford was in foul trouble all day. I, I think that probably hurt him on the glass. It hurt him trying to get position. But Horford, Amir Johnson, Tyler Zeller, those guys all got worked over by the Bulls' front court. It was it was ugly, ugly. If, if you shoot 50% like the Celtics did and the other team shoots 39% like the Bulls did, you should win. You should come away with a win. But I wanted to get those things off my chest because I don't think we talked enough about them in the podcast with the Locked On Bulls guys. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. And without any further ado, we'll go to that interview with the Locked On Bulls guys, Sean Hyken and Cody Westerland. Here that is. You are Locked On Bulls. Your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review. You can email us with any basketball questions or advertising inquiries at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Like us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls. I'm Sean Hyken of the Athletic. With me as always, Cody Westerland of Six Seventy to Score, and we've got a guest. Uh, Bulls had their home opener tonight against the Celtics. Uh, started the season off with a win, one hundred five ninety nine, and we've got with us also from the Locked On Podcast Network, co-host of Locked On Celtics and the Celtics beat writer for Mass Live, uh, Jay King. How you doing? Not bad, man. How's everything going with you guys? Terrific. What a season opener. The Bulls actually showed some fight, and I say actually because that didn't happen often. In 2015-16, a couple new-look teams in the sense that the Bulls have nine players of roster turnover, and the Celtics have Al Horford. The Bulls got the better of them in the opener, largely on the glass, where I believe they had a 55-36 advantage, and the Celtics did nothing by way of offensive rebounding, so the Bulls... Defense that was somewhat concerning was mitigated when you get every single rebound, but what stood out in the opener to you guys? Well, Robin Lopez kicked the Celtics' ass. Todd Gibson <laughs> kicked the Celtics' ass. It was, it was, it was really that the bigs were really the difference, Did which you, is surprising considering Al Horford is is so good and he's the uh, the bigs and then the three pointers from Wade and Butler, which I don't think anyone expected, and certainly it looked like the Celtics didn't expect it. They <laughs> did not pay much attention to those guys. Even though Brad Stevens started off his or it, during his pregame press conference, noted that Dwayne Wade shot the ball really well from the three point arc in preseason. Were you did you take that as a little bit of shade? Because I kinda did. I kind of felt like no, no, no. That that's Brad Stevens. Like, like I don't know, man. He hit some threes in the playoffs, but, and like, he was seven of sixteen in the preseason. And, and listen, seven of sixteen, obviously making seven threes in the preseason isn't a huge deal. But when he made all seven threes all of last season, that's that's showing that he's made strides. And so the Celtics did have to guard him slightly differently than you would have last season. I was at shoot around this morning, and Dwayne talked a little bit about uh, his three-point shot that he's been working on and that's been a thing that he's kind of been stressing all training camp and all preseason he called Fred Hoiberg his shooting coach today and said that he's actually taught him some stuff that he didn't know before but 
Yeah. Most of it all by footwork, because Fred has right. lauded Dwayne Wade's shooting mechanics as getting him headed to the Hall of Fame career, obviously, but said he's off balance by way of just how he shuffles his feet and is fading away on his three-pointers too often like he does on his mid-range jump shot, which he's kind of transitioning into like Kobe and MJ did, I think, too. When you get older, you got to have that mid-range jump shot and use your body a little more. But he wants him going straight up and down on three-pointers. I mean, Sean and I have only spent the last three months worrying about the Bulls shooting and telling Bulls fans to be concerned. And then the Celtics, Jay, they come out. I mean, they sagged off Rondo. They largely sagged off Wade. When Michael Carter-Williams is out there, I know he's not a three-point shooter at all. They left him wide open, and he hit one. That obviously looked like it was the defensive plan in the blueprint to attack the Bulls. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it when Carter Williams hit that. It was, it was <laughs> that like, was the okay. Wade is is a legend. Butler, he's an all star. Michael Carter Williams, come on, man! Like <laughs> he got pumped up. He made himself a bull in about a minute and a half with a three pointer, a floater, pumping his fist, getting the United Center uh, pumped up. But these are two teams that uh, are obviously going to be in the Eastern Conference playoff picture and haunt the Celtics case much more expected. Many saying as high as a two seed. What have so. you seen from the Celtics through two games, and particularly tonight, Jay? I mean, uh, a lot of staying power there still probably for them, but the Bulls, bad matchup for them on this night, it seems like. Yeah, you know, I, I think the real big trouble area when you looked at the Celtics coming into the season was rebounding. And they lost Sullinger, they lost Evan Turner, two-plus rebounders, and they didn't really replace those guys with, with good rebounders. Al Horford has... The last couple of years, his rebounding has really dipped. So you could have foreseen that being an issue coming into the season. And, man, it just looked magnified coming into today. And the, I, I, I talk about them losing those guys. Even before they lost those guys, the Celtics were a bad rebounding team. Yeah. I think they finished 20th in rebounding last season, and they were like 25th or 26th, I believe, in defensive rebounding. So that's a huge issue. And it, Obviously, Lopez, Gibson, those guys – Big physical, it's it's not like they're Shaq. It's 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 not like you you cannot give up eighteen offensive rebounds and get three yourself and expect to win. I mean, this the Celtics gave up thirty nine point one percent shooting and shot fifty percent themselves and lost. Yeah, that's something else. I thought it was interesting that I mean the Celtics their ceiling's going to be higher at the end, and I think in one way that will be is how they assimilate Al Horford into the offense. He's a really good passer. Uh, I don't know exactly how many assists he had tonight. It looks like five or so, but it didn't feel like he completely opened up everything for them offensively because there's probably a big learning curve as these guys learn to play with him too. But I don't know how much of that was the Bulls, how much the Celtics getting used to each other, but Taj Gibson was a beast defensively. Al Horford, I know, got at least two buckets on Nico Miritich early, only finished with 11 points. But Nico actually played pretty well for the Bulls off the bench, 15 points, 9 rebounds after just an awful preseason. And he then look, he, he comes out of nowhere. Early on. Like yes. he, he missed like three threes. That first segment, that, that his first was, shift was pretty rough. But after was, that, he calmed down. It was ugly then. Yeah, he ended up playing a pretty good game. What did you guys think of your first glimpse of Jalen Brown? Well, I, I kind of got a chuckle because like, he had two hard fouls early. And it also looks like he is really excited about the NBA allowing you to take, you know, three steps instead of one, like in college, and he's a young guy, and he had a magnificent move where he dribbled once from the three-point arc on the right wing, got to the hoop, hung in the air, used good footwork, not quite a Euro step, but something along those lines, got to the hole and finished. He seems really, really hard-nosed, tough-minded, 
doesn't seem like, I, from what I've heard and read, he's not a great shooter by any means here yet, but uh, a guy that probably has a big growth span this year, just development track this season, it would seem like. Yeah. I think the biggest thing with him is, I, th- I uh, more so than just any one thing he did on the court, I just thought he looked comfortable out there. He didn't look like a guy who was... You, know, you come in as a rookie, so a lot of guys are overwhelmed by the NBA and have to get used to kind of the change of speed from the college game to the pro game. He just looked like he, he belonged out there, which I, I think that was a big strength of his. Yeah, until that, that one turnover at the end where he went up and didn't know what the hell he was doing, kind of got That's stuck in midair. Stuff, it was a bad time for a rookie mistake. It's something that Stevens had him out there, though, in that moment. I yeah, think that's probably I telling. That, that's very telling. He's quickly earned Stevens' trust. He's done a lot of good things. Like, he is... It's, I've said this before on, on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. He's Which you guys should all check out and subscribe and leave five-star reviews for, by the way. Yes, yes, definitely what he said. Uh, he is just, it's a roller coaster. He goes, he makes like two or three highlight plays a game. He does some stupid things like jumping in midair and having no clue what he's, what he's supposed to do. So it, it's just going to be a, a learning curve. He just turned 23 days ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is... And he's so raw, but he, he does. He shows he shows some serious high potential mm. and at least like five four or five plays every game. Now Sean, the other day, you didn't have Jalen Brown as your rookie of the year, did you? No, I didn't. Well, I don't think if anybody had Jalen Do you want to have Jalen Brown as your rookie of the year pick? You should go to betdsi.com. Especially if you love basketball. Are you ready to get into the action? Betdsi.com. More than twenty years in the business, one of the top Rated businesses safe to play. I play there myself, and it has a great basketball special today. Sign up, and you can get ten dollars to try their service. BetDSI.com is also offering a hundred percent bonus on your first deposit. We all love bonuses. That's like the best form of your paycheck toward I'm the end of the bonus. year. We're all pro bonus. Great customer service, fast and easy payment of winnings. Hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. Jalen Brown, Rookie of the Year. You get UFC odds, crazy sports, anything you can think of, college football, NFL are upon us. Even Trump versus Clinton odds on the election, which is coming up. So BetDSI has live in-game wagering on football, basketball, and all the major sporty events, and you can play virtually everything there. So go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. And use the promotional code bowls 10 and get your free wager. Start winning today at betdsi.com. Now, guys, we got to talk about the second quarter scuffle, skirmish, <laughs> scrum, whatever adjective you want to yeah. talk about. That, that was funny because it was Rondo, the point guard Celtics fans used to love, against yes. Isaiah Thomas, the, the point guard Celtics fans now Successor, and then two former <laughs> and college then, teammates yeah, of Marquette, two, and Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder. Two college teammates. Have you ever seen players. quadruple technicals in the same play before? No, that was, that was weird. We gotta give the uh, the listeners a little bit of uh, explanation here. Crowder had the ball, turned around, and clocked Jimmy Butler in the chest, basically, who was completely set. Not a dirty play by any means no, by Crowder it because it was a basketball Incident. play. Happened quickly, but then there was like a little leg pushing, like leg locking, weird stuff. Isaiah Thomas had to get in on it because he likes talking. If I understand this right, so Rondo had to back him up. In the words of Jimmy Butler. Go to war for his teammates, is what Jimmy said. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. They didn't even seem that mad. It's like they both just, the season had just started, and they wanted to get salty. 
Well, uh, I was actually a little bit surprised Jimmy didn't get called for a flagrant for the leg uh, kick. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the leg lock thing that Matthew Dellavedova had on Taj Gibson in the playoffs a couple of years ago. I thought Jimmy, especially as they kept showing the replay, I thought Jimmy was going to get a flagrant on that, but they actually ended up just calling an offensive foul, I think, on Crowder and then the quadruple technicals. But was, What's the Celtics say in their locker room about that? Did anyone make mention or comment of that? That's a big deal for the Bulls because they didn't show fight last year, and this was an example of showing fight. What the Celtics? Did they even care? Crowder was really pissed. And I, <laughs> I don't know whether he was pissed about that or just pissed about the game. He, yeah. he said during the middle of one of his very somber answers, he said, I'm in a bad mood right now, in case you guys couldn't tell. It's and night then, two of the season. And then, uh, yeah, he was asked about what happened with Jimmy Butler, and he said, I don't know. I don't know. And then I, I, I was like, I was just standing there, and Rondo came in and shoved me, so yeah. I wasn't going to let him do that. Jimmy Jimmy said it's also funny that him and Crowder are boys, so he was okay with it's it. It's also funny, just another connection with this thing, is that Rondo and Crowder were traded for each other. Yeah. That's just Ooh. a thing I just thought of. I, I didn't even think about that. Uh, and what, what was interesting to me was Crowder didn't like calm down after that play. He was talking crap to Butler, like, in his ear... Like pissed off, and it looked like Butler kind of looked at him like he's he's still taking this seriously right now. He, he's not getting over this one, but he he was pissed. I thought it was interesting too. Jimmy Butler went for twenty four points. Dwayne Wade for twenty two. I think Jimmy shot a little. Well, no, they both shot fairly inefficiently. Jimmy six of seventeen. Dwayne Wade seven of eighteen. That's kind of the Crowder and Bradley effect. I think those guys are always in the grill. But then they still hit their three-pointers. Jimmy, I think, was four for four, four, four for six. six. Dwayne Wade also four or six there from downtown. So they knocked those down. But how do you think that played out defensively with the Celtics playing Butler and Wade and just what the offense looked like for the Bulls on opening night that we didn't know what was going to come exactly? Well, I was really encouraged by, I mean, you, you just bring up uh, Crowder and Bradley, and those are two guys that are among the defenders. best in the league. Guys that are just going to get up in people's faces, forced turnovers. Turnovers were a pretty big problem for the Bulls in the preseason as it was. The Bulls only had 12 turnovers tonight. I think that was the most encouraging thing about their offensive performance. Yeah. You know, I've, I, was, I was impressed by the Bulls. I didn't know what to expect. I don't think anyone really knew what to expect from their new-look team. It's just kind of a bizarre roster. It's, it's, it's was it weird to you? I mean, we've seen it a couple times because we've covered preseason games. How did it feel to you? I mean, especially if you cover the Celtics who played against the Heat a bunch of times in the playoff back during the Big Three era. Was it weird to see Wade in a Bulls jersey? Yeah, and 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 Wade and Rondo on the same thing. I was actually talking especially over oh, that's right because Rondo also was a guy you covered for years. I was talking to Avery Bradley before the game. And he was like, yeah, that was, that was weird. I was thinking about that. Like, those guys used to hate each other back in the day. And, uh, so that, that, was, that was definitely weird. And what's The Bulls, like, their starting lineup, I think, could be a really good defensive unit. Mm-hmm. Like, Gibson, Lopez, Butler, those guys are all plus defenders. Wade and Rondo can be, depending on... When they feel like it. ...on their mood on that given day. But their bench is, like, completely opposite. Like, offensive-minded guys. So it's, it's a really weird mix they've got. It's just one of the more bizarre teams I've seen. Maybe ever. And like, <laughs> I don't know what anybody's gonna I don't think anybody we, really knows what to make we, of it. We love getting this outside the bubble look at it because sometimes you overreact or even underreact sometimes when you're in the town 
when you're covering the team and around it every day. So we always get a kick of outside bulls opinion. And these teams are, are sort of polar opposites, too, because, I mean, the Celtics have a ton of continuity. Obviously, they brought in Al Horford this summer, but for the most part, if you look at the guys that played a lot of minutes, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, Tyler Zeller, those guys are all guys that have been on the team for a few years, and they have a coach. What is this, Brad Stevens' third or fourth year? Fourth year, yeah. So this, they have a lot of continuity, whereas the Bulls... They lost so many key guys. You know, they lost Rose. They lost Noah. They lost Gasol. Uh, they have all these new guys, like ten. I think it's ten guys that have three or less years of experience in the NBA. Like, there's just not like it's going to take a while before we know what these guys look like. I think tonight was kind of the best case scenario for what they could be. No, this was interesting because the Bulls hadn't set any preseason expectations dating back to to interviews in July in training camp leading up nothing of that sort so for them to get an opening night win was just they're not obviously setting expectations for themselves but it's a big win the fact that they had a lead and didn't blow it from a Celtics angle do they expect to like win the East or finish second like do they say these things like what's their vibe regarding that in an Eastern Conference that's always LeBron dominated and then everyone else they definitely think they have a really good chance of winning at least one playoff round and seeing what happens. I think Isaiah Thomas said that at media day. You know, we've got to get that playoff because they've gone to the playoffs the last yeah. two two years, haven't gotten out of the first round. And so instead of having like these huge aspirations, they're kind of focused on, okay, let's get this next step, get out of the first round and see what happens from there. So Brad Stevens tries not to put any expectations on his guys. It's always about just get better today, get better tomorrow, get better every single day, and see what happens. So it seems like that vibe is there. Obviously, you know, after, after Cleveland, the East is pretty open. I kind of like the Celtics the most out of any of the teams besides Cleveland and the East, you know, especially once they get Marcus Smart and Kelly Olenek back. And it should be pointed out that the yeah. Celtics were mid, the Bulls had everybody fully healthy for the first time in. I don't know how many years, and the Celtics were missing two rotation players. And so that, that's back just to where, back as well for right. the Celtics. So, but get because okay, so getting away from the game for a second, it was this is actually kind of good timing because uh, earlier this evening the Bulls made it official that they okay. signed R.J. Hunter, who was the last cut on the Celtics roster, first round pick last year, didn't really do much in his rookie season. Obviously, they decided that he wasn't good enough to make their final roster. Uh, and the Bulls picked him up with their final roster spot. Uh, Jay, I'd be lying if I said I know <laughs> a lot about RJ Hunter. You covered him all of last year. What can you tell us about him? First of all, he looks like Prince. He looks, <laughs> he looks a lot like Prince. Good to know. Good start. And, and he knows he looks like Prince. I'm pro that. <laughs> yeah. um, he is a skilled offensive player. He He's a very good pass. I would say passing is his best attribute. It, okay. it, when he came out of college, he was looked at as a shooter, a scorer. He has never been able to actually knock down shots since being drafted. Even when, in perfect with the Bulls. Then. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. hey, I mean, you, you never know. Maybe he'll come to this team and start shooting forty-five percent from three all of a sudden. If this is how Wade and Butler are going to be shooting. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe that's just what he needed. Yeah. So his biggest thing, I think, is becoming a knockdown shooter. If he can become a knockdown shooter, then his offensive skill set will make him a valuable player. And he, he's long. At, Defensively, he's not particularly strong. He he still needs defensive improvements. I think he's got a chance to be pretty good. He's he has some tools and some interesting skills, and and he's a really good good guy, good person. 
So even if he doesn't end up developing and, and untapping some of that first-round talent, then he's not at all a bad guy to have around. He's, I would imagine he's probably going to spend a lot of time in the D-League just because yeah. if you look at what I mean, the Bulls played 10 guys tonight. And I thought it was a little bit interesting that Isaiah Cannon got minutes ahead of Denzel Valentine because it seemed like Valentine was going to be the 10th guy. But, you know, just looking at the rotation, this is this is now we've seen, you know, they have everybody healthy. Nobody was in any serious foul trouble or no injuries. This is something like this, maybe with one or two different guys subbed in. Maybe Bobby Portis gets in at some point. Maybe Denzel gets in at some point. Uh this is kind of what the rotation is going to be when it's a close game against a good team, which is what they had tonight. And there's just not a lot of room for somebody like an R.J. Hunter, who's totally unproven in the NBA, to get in there. So I think once you know he, this is all official and he's with the team, I think he's probably going to spend a lot of time with the team. Yeah, and we should point out, uh, Chris Felicio was uh, ahead of Bobby Portis on the depth chart tonight. Portis, Denzel Valentine, Paul Zipser... Got DNP coaches' decisions for the Bulls. Doug McDermott, Nico, big minutes off the bench for the Bulls. Michael Carter-Williams played 17 minutes as well. So that's kind of where the depth chart sits. And the Bulls closed with Nico and Taj, a little bit smaller of the big man lineup there because Fred Hoiberg said matchup-based. He liked that against the Celtics, who obviously... Did they shift Crowder to the four? Yeah, they had Crowder at the four and and Jalen Brown in there at the three. So they were small and fast. So... The, uh, the Bulls, I'm sure, will continue playing those matchups, but they get an opening night win. The Celtics fall to 1-1 one one after their opening night win against the Nets. Where do you head next, Jay? What's on tap for the Celtics? I fly to Charlotte in the morning. I think I have a 7 a.m. flight, so that should be fun. That's exciting. <laughs> Sleep on the plane. Sleep on the plane. Yep. The nice. Bulls have practiced Friday. The Pacers, I believe, at home. On Saturday night, as always, you can follow myself on Twitter at Cody Westerland. Follow Sean at Hiken. And Jay's at... At By J. King. You should know that, man. That's messed up. If you bring a guest on, you got to know his Twitter well, we know your, we know your, I, we know <laughs> your Twitter handle. We just wanted right. to give it's you a Twitter. chance to plug it yourself. Check out Jay's work covering the Celtics at MassLive.com. And also make sure you check out the Locked on Celtics podcast, which he co-hosts. And most of all, subscribe to us. Locked on Bulls, Locked on Celtics. Everywhere you can find podcasts, you can basically find the Locked On Podcast Network. Until next time, take care, keep listening, and thanks for the questions.